Welcome to A Different Way of Traveling. This is a podcast where we discuss travel for persons with disabilities and special needs in South Africa and beyond with our host, Lois Strachan. Join us as we share inspiring stories of people who travel, exciting accessible travel experiences, and showcase service providers who will accommodate those with special needs. And now, on with the show. Hi there and welcome to today's episode of A Different Way of Travelling, a podcast on accessible travel brought to you by Accessible South Africa. I'm your host, Lois Strachan. Today I'm talking with Normie Eckhart, who is an adventurer and traveller who uses his adventures to raise funds to benefit others. What I really found interesting about this conversation was in digging down into the details of how Normie has adapted some of his adventure activities to accommodate his disability. Right, let's learn a little bit more from Normie himself. Today on A Different Way of Travelling, we're talking with Normie Eckert from Ventures for Jesus and Dual Active Mobility. Normie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. How are you today? Hi, Louise. Thank you so much for being here and uh, for the opportunity uh, to be on your program. I'm very well, thank you. Uh, I must just uh, say I want to give all the all the glory for God for, for the interview and for uh, for for setting up to to chat with you and a little bit about traveling and all my adventures and I'm so happy to 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 actually uh, to to convey with with your listeners and to uh, tell them a little bit more about what I'm doing. Well, it's great to have you with us. And maybe we can start. You know, I've had the opportunity of looking at your website and reading your bio, so I know a little bit of your story. But maybe you yeah. could just tell us a little bit of your story just to introduce yourself and the work you do to the listeners. Yes. Um, so my name is Nomi Eckhart. Um, I live on a, on a farm about 30 kilometers outside Brits on the Britsla-Bazimbi Road. It's to the north uh, of, uh, of South Africa. Um, I'm the third generation living on a farm. I had the privilege of an able body for about 18 years of my life. And then I got into a motor car accident that left me an incomplete T7, T8 uh, paraplegic. Um, So in the beginning, I must say, uh, especially the first four years, it was for me very, very tough uh, because I'm I'm quite an, an active type of person. My, my personality luckily um, carried me through as well because I'm a, I'm a very positive mindset type of person. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I missed the, the, the sports a lot. Um, I played rugby, uh, did athletics and everything. So yeah, and the, the rugby especially, it was a very big dream of mine uh, to become a professional rugby player. Um, in primary school, I played two years Craven Week. Uh, then in, in high school, I played three years uh, for, for the Bulls uh, side. And then two years for the SA and the 19 side, captaining, captaining all the sides. Uh, my high school as well uh, was head boy of the school, of the high school, head boy of the primary school, uh, head boy of the hostel. So everything was, was going so well and so fine. And then in my, my matric year, uh, towards the end, on 24 September 1997, I was in a motor car accident that left me a, a paraplegic. So for the first four years, uh, and I was speaking to, to someone else the other day as well, um, that went through almost the same as me. Uh, and it looks like four years is about the bend of your body, 
to understand what's what's happening with you and um, to to really make plans uh, and to get your mind your mindset right um, to to tackle life uh, being being in a wheelchair. So yeah, I've, I've since then um, I've I had a sports school and adventure center, uh, Orange Nest, where we did uh, sport clinics. We did uh, leadership development. It's like the, the old felt schools um, when, when we were in, in school. So I had that for about 18 years. And then I, I really felt that I, I wanted to do something more with my life. So I started in May. Uh, actually, it, it, it started in January of uh, 2018. Um, it's surprising that every time when you when you go through life, um, something happens to you, and then you must react on that. And the best saying for me is, life is ten percent what happens to you, and ninety percent how you react on that. So I've I found that that each time when I've when I made a step up in my life, um, something bad or something challenging happened to me. And that's uh, the, the second thing that happened to me was in 2017. I, I went through a lot of uh, stuff with the business uh, because I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I was very, very blessed that I've never in my life worked for a boss. So I've, I'm always creating something. So I'm very, very fortunate and very lucky with, with that, with the business sense. But um, yeah, business was was not doing uh, very well. Uh, I had some. I was in a in a relationship, a long term relationship that didn't work out. End of that September, and um, yeah, I, uh, I I so it was 2017. So 2018, um, beginning of 2018, I said, okay, now I want to do something with my life to make a difference in someone else's life. So. Yeah, in 2018, I, I, I started and I said, okay, now I want to do all the bucket list stuff that I always wanted to do. And I had like a long list. And um, so I, I, I said, okay, so there's, there's three things that I like to do in life. Uh, one is, is traveling. Uh, I like to do adventures and to, to push myself. And then to do outreaches and to do to make a difference in in other people's lives. So the combination of that um, was the birth of Ventures for Jesus, that is a, a nonprofit uh, company where I do um, adventures, traveling, um, all uh, to to raise funds to to help some people. And the first project that I've that I've done was in May of. 2018, um, one of my my friends, uh, actually Quibus and Vernay Lombard, they both they they were uh, with me in in matric my matric year, and they had a, a little daughter um, Sunay. She was eight years old, and she was uh, she had um, she's a she's a CP uh, cerebral palsy, and. They were struggling to to get the finances together to to really make an impact in her life, uh, bettering her life, uh, because medical um, costs and everything was so high. So I told them, okay, I want to do something for you guys. You will be my my first project. And as uh, there's uh, actually a long testimony uh, towards that point, but. I'm going to keep it short and uh, yeah, and, and just tell you about the adventure. So I said to them, I want to raise some funds for Sunay, for your, your fund. And I want to like jump out of an airplane. I want to do skydiving. And they said, okay, <laughs> you're starting a little bit high. Um, but okay, we, let's, let's do this. And I spoke to a friend of mine, Andre, who's a skydiver. And he said, okay, but I'm, I'm living here in George now, and there's so much things that we can do. Why not do seven of those adventures? And we call it seven adventures in seven days. So I said, okay, that sounds great for me. 
So we did seven adventures in seven days uh, for Sunei. Uh, we, we raised about 110,000 rand for her fund. And while doing that, I, I, I got to, to travel to, to see um, the West Coast. Um, the garden route, the whole garden route, we did uh, quad biking was the first one. Uh, the second one that we did was paragliding. Then we did, we went uh, ziplining. Uh, number four, we did scuba diving at Plettemark Bay. Then number five, we did uh, uh, shark cage diving. Number six, we, we actually did on, uh, we, we went for the skydiving. And number seven, we went for deep sea fishing. So that was the, the first project uh, for Ventures for Jesus. And um, yeah, the, 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 I actually, um, it was so amazing because everything that I've, that I've done uh, from that point and since then, um, it's just like uh, I'm, I'm a very spiritual type, type of per person. So it's, it, it feels like, like, uh, God just promotes you and puts you on, on certain, uh, platforms to reach out to more people, um, to show them how to, to start living, to, to show them that they can still travel. They can, they can still make an impact, uh, even if you have your, your disability. So yeah, that was actually great for me. Now, I'm going to jump in here because you've said a lot in that, in, in the, telling us those stories that my, my ears prick up a little bit like my guide dogs. And I go, ooh, <laughs> I want to find out a bit more. So to what extent did you need to make physical adjustments to accommodate your disability in some of those activities, like the skydiving, um, you know, and... Obviously, the, the quad biking, that one I can sort of see. I, I can understand how that would be. Yeah. But particularly yeah. the, um, the, the skydiving and, and things like that. To what degree did you mm. need to make accommodations to make them work for you? And what accommodations did you um, make? Yeah, I must say um, all, of, all of them, they, they were quite, uh, they were challenging. But um, let's say, for instance, the, the first one, the, the quad biking was, uh, was still okay because I still have a, a lot of balancing. Um, I, I, I can still uh, balance a lot. So that wasn't too hard for me, but I, but I needed some assistance to get onto the quad bike uh, from, from my wheelchair. But, but from there, um, I have like a, a brachial plexus um, on my left hand. So my fingers are not working uh, on, on the left hand. So there uh, I had like a strap that I, that I uh, made from uh, Velcro to, to put on the, on the steering of the, of the bike so that uh, I can actually um, get hold of it. So that's, that's one of the adjustments that I've made for, for the quad biking. Then um, this, the second one, uh, we did a paragliding. The paragliding was uh, a tandem. So I went with uh, with the instructor. So um, that that was actually for me very nice. They had, however, um, put me like in a harness. So then there will be two guys that will that will pick my legs up while the um, the instructor is standing on his legs and and running towards the cliff. So um, and then just before the cliff, they will they will leave and uh, they will leave my legs and then they will actually go into into the air. So and with the uh, with the landing, uh, the same. Uh, you will use the the wind uh, to to actually to 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 come in slowly. And as I get uh, as as we get closer to to the uh, to the ground. Two guys will be there just to help and and pick up the legs, uh, and so that so the instructor no can be on on his feet. Yeah. So the the toughest one for me, um, physically and mentally, was definitely the zip lining, because um, with the zip lining they have to you are thirty meters in the air, and you are going for a kilometer 
uh, with a zip line and there's 10 platforms. So each platform you have to hook off and someone has to actually carry you and to hook on the, the other, the other one. So that was quite challenging for me physically. Um, and then, yeah. And, and also when, when you start, you are on a, on a high point, but when, when you end, you are at a very, very low point. So those guys must actually carry you for the whole kilometer uphill back to you, to your chair. So yeah, that, that was, that was quite tough for me. Um, then, yeah, number Sorry, just with, with the zip lining, you didn't um, no. zip line tandem with somebody. No, okay. no. So that, yeah, so that one I've I've done on my on my own. Um, they they just help you to to hook you on, on and the then uh, hook you off again and hook you on the on the next one. But there will always be someone uh, in front of you on the on the front platform just to 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 stop you. Uh, and to and to help you get on the the platform again, yeah, Great. yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. the lining. So, so there. yeah, so um, so yeah. Then uh, number four, we did uh, the scuba diving. Uh, the scuba diving I've I've done in in January. I've I've done a, a scuba course, um, and. You, you won't believe this, uh, a big uh, friend of mine, um, Uncle Leon, um, he's, he's a blind diver. So, yeah, so I've, I've, I've done a trip with him to Mozambique where, where we uh, went to, uh, to dive. And, uh, um, yeah, that, that, was, that was actually very, very speci special for me because um, we experience, we are in the same waters, but we experience something totally different. Because I can, I, I have like, I'm, I'm, I'm so weightless in the water that I can move and I can, it feels absolutely great for me. And, and for him, he's, he can feel the, the, the water pressure and they let him actually touch some of the, the coral and the stuff underneath. Um, so, yeah, we have totally different experiences, but, but, it's, but it's awesome, uh, the diving. I should probably interview yeah. Leon about that. You know, I've, I've, I know him, yeah. he and I have yeah, connected on other matters. I've never actually thought about yeah. um, asking him to come yeah. with you. Thank you for the suggestion. Okay, yeah, so from, yeah, the, sure. from the scuba diving, where did you go next? Yeah, from... Yeah, from the from the scuba diving, it was number four, and then uh, number five, we we've done the um, uh, the the um, shark cage dive. So the shark cage diving uh, was was great because one of the instructors at Mossel Bay, uh, we've done it at uh, White Shark uh, White Shark Africa. Uh, they are in Mossel Bay, so. One of the instructors there, um, his father is actually in a wheelchair. So that helped a lot because he knew uh, exactly what to do um, with, with a wheelchair. So there it was just a question of uh, getting me on the, on the boat. Uh, they, I, I just sat in my wheelchair. So they just lifted me up, put me on the boat. And then we went to uh, Robert Island. That is uh, that is that is close there in the in the bay. So then um, they they helped me from my my chair uh, to get the wetsuit on first, and then from my chair they lifted me up and helped me inside the cage. And again, if you are inside the water, you are weightless. So then it it it's actually so nice. You are about um, just above your your waist. I, I would say. Just here uh, at your your uh, your your breast, uh, you are in the water, and then you get like uh, um, your goggles, and then so so your face will be um, outside the water, but inside the cage, and then they will they will have like uh, a fish head, a tuna head, or something that they will attract um, the the sharks. And then they will tell you, okay, in a few seconds, now you can go underwater. So then you, you go underwater, you have your goggles on, and then you can actually see them close by, uh, by, by the cage. I've so heard, that was an awesome experience. I've heard a number of stories of the sharks actually coming up and 
almost beating against the cage. Did you have that experience? And to what extent then does that impact on you in inside the cage? Yeah. So you um if if you are inside the cage, there's about there's a railing that you can hold on to. Um, but the railing is inside that you can hold on to, and it's about 30 centimeters uh, from the outside panel of, of the cage. So um, we had a few experiences of those that the sharks actually comes so close that they either hit with their, with their snouts or with, uh, with their tails. They actually hit the, the cage. So it is so, so, so close. But luckily, you are you are safe um, because you have these handlebars to to hold on to. Um, you are weightless, number two, and uh, e- even if they if they bump um, this this cage, this this cage is is uh, sort of fixed uh, on a on a in a certain way to the boat, so um, it doesn't float away from from the boat um, at at any stage. Okay. Wow. Great. Okay, so that's the shark diving. Yeah. So then uh, we did the, uh, the skydiving. And the skydiving, I think this is the one that I, that I was most scared of because uh, even though I'm okay with, with heights, uh, jumping out of a plane at 10,000 feet, uh, it is terrifying. <laughs> I think it, it's not so, so much the thought of jumping out of the plane, it's the thought of what happens on the other end once you get down yes. to the ground that's the scary thing yes. for me for sure because uh my my mother actually uh she was so so worried about this one because uh the week before um there was an, an interview on on television with uh with some of the some some of the guys that uh, also that that was in, in wheelchairs that went skydiving and um, one of the guys, they, they, they broke their legs because they couldn't pick up their legs uh, in the, in the landing. So my mother was so terrified about this one. And, uh, but I, I knew if, um, if the Lord wanted me to do all this, uh, all these challenges uh, to do something good in someone else's life, he will actually protect me as well. So, we had a, like a crash course um, just before uh, for about half an hour, 45 minutes. And they tell you exactly what position your body must be in, uh, how you must, uh, this luckily in you, you have like a, almost like a, like a suit that you are in uh, with, with handles um, on your uh, close to your, to your knees. So you can actually, Put your hands in that handles and pick your legs up, so that you uh, so that you don't uh, uh, fall on your legs when in, in the when when you come down. So that actually gave me some some peace of mind. And then we we went in a in a plane, went up ten thousand feet, and uh, when we reached ten thousand feet, the the door uh, went went open, and that first. 5,000 feet, you, you are falling at uh, about between 15 and 20 seconds uh, for you to reach 5,000 feet. And then when they, when they open the parachute, then you have about uh, 12 to 15 minutes after that uh, for the rest of the 5,000 feet uh, until you reach the, the ground. But what is so special about that is the scenery when you jump. Um, it is so special to see uh, um, a mussel bay uh, where we jumped, um, the whole ocean, and then uh, the, the 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 all the houses and the land and everything. It, it looks like a, a, a road map from from the top, and then you are above the clouds. So for that first few thousand feet, when you when you fall. You can actually see a shadow of the two guys because I did it in tandem as well. So you you see the two guys hanging uh, in the cloud, uh, like the shape and with a um, like a rainbow, a round rainbow around you two guys, and then poof, you you go through the clouds. So that was so so awesome. 
Tell me about the landing, because this one, you, you've mentioned the, the theory <laughs> behind it, but yeah, the last yeah, so, few moments as you approached, how did you feel? Yeah, uh, I must say when, when, when the door opened, it was excitement because I knew there's no turning back now. And when I actually fell for those 15 to 20 seconds, that was awesome because it's a, it's a major, major rush. And then when, uh, when the parachute opens and you have that uh, 12 to 15 minutes to take in everything, that is like a, a, a treasure uh, moment for, for you. And then when you approach the landing, uh, then, then you start to, to stress a little bit about the landing. And luckily, um, the instructor also, he, he said to me, I will take you, but the wind must be blowing like almost flat. Because the more wind there is, the better he can actually guide and, and bring you softer uh, for a grounding. So luckily the wind picked up and he could, uh, he could guide us uh, great to, to the ground. And then uh, just before we, uh, we hit the ground, he, he, he uh, told me, okay, now you can pick up your legs. So I put my, my hands into these, uh, these loops and I picked up my, my legs. He was uh, trying to stand and then um, he, he slided underneath me as well. So when, uh, if, if, I, if I had to fall, I could fall on, on top of him. So he will, he will take some of the impact. Um, so yeah, luckily that was, but when I landed, that was the, the most wonderful thing I've done in my life. That was so great. It must have been an extraordinary experience because it's, yeah. you know, if you think about it without doing any of the research into the logistics of how it's possible, is it possible and things like that, it sounds a fairly daunting experience. But yeah, know, to understand that there are ways and means that can really mean that we can do so much more than, yeah, Jeffrey, than other sure. people give us credit for. But so often yeah. that sometimes... We even think so. Wow. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that that's that's one of one of my aims with with ventures for Jesus and and doing um, all the the other adventures and stuff that that uh, I'm, I'm sure we we're gonna get to now as well. But the the one of the main reasons for me there's there's about four or five points uh, for me and and one of them is to inspire people um, not only without disabilities to, 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 to show them what they can do, but the guys with disabilities to, to tell them and to show them that there's so much more to live for and there's so much more that you can do. And, um, and so many people don't, don't give us any credit um, yeah. and don't think that we can do it, but, but you must just try and you must just, you must just go out there and you must just do it. I've, I've come across this so often in talking to people with disabilities that often the greatest barrier are the people around them who are anxious on their behalf. And yeah. they think they're protecting yeah. us by saying, don't do that, you might hurt yourself. When in fact, yeah. we're not the ones who are stopping ourselves. We, the barriers are probably more to do with other people and their yeah. misperceptions of what is possible. Yeah. Okay, so, so that's fascinating to, to hear just a few of those experiences. I want to shift slightly into a different area, mm -hmm. and that is, mm -hmm. if I'm correct, you do adventure camps for youngsters with disabilities to to follow up on teaching others this type of skill and to give them other experiences. Can we chat a bit about those? Yeah, so um, I had the, the, the Sports School and Adventure Center where, um, where I've, I've done like this, the, the, the sport teaching and, and the leadership and so on as well. Um, I, I don't do that anymore, but with Ventures for Jesus, I, I go out to, to schools and to, to churches and to companies and uh, to do motivational speaking about um, 
about disability, um, but about about life, and and to teach uh, to to show people and to teach them um, throughout the adventures that I do that you they, there's there's still so much that you can do as a as a person. Um, so there's a lot of of those uh, schools that I go to um, that I that I show all all these. Um, adventures and I and I have like uh, um, slides and um, and presentations that I that I show them um, what I'm actually doing. But the most important thing for me is um, is to make a difference in someone's life. So the one one of my 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 next adventures that I that I want to do is is to to um, to do seven adventures for seven kids. Um, in in seven seven different provinces, so I will go to to one province, do adventure um, with with uh, that that kid, or uh, just on my my own, and um, and and get some some funds to help them. Maybe they need uh, like a wheelchair, or they need um, some some uh, funds for medical costs, or just something to better their, their lives. So that's 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 what I really want to do. Um, if this virus um, actually <laughs> get a get a move on someday. Well, that that sounds like a really wonderful plan to be working towards. And you know, maybe you and I should chat offline because I can connect you up with some people down here in the Western Cape who might be able to partner with you on that project. But we'll, we'll chat about that yeah. offline. So looking more generally at the, the kind of the adventure market, the hospitality industry, tourism and that type of thing, what would you say are the greatest challenges that people face as travelers with disabilities in just getting out and engaging our love of travel? Mm. I think um, um, the accessibility is, is one of the biggest challenges. Um, the, the one adventure that I uh, that we did uh, 2019 was going uh, from Ludritz in uh, Namibia to Cape Agalas. And it was about between 1,500 and 1,700 kilometers. And, I, and we've, we've done it in, uh, in 45 days and I was on a hand cycle doing about 40 to 50 kilometers a day. So one one of the the biggest challenges for me on that whole trip was um, the accessibility for people in wheelchairs um, is like non-existent. And um, the other thing is that that people, they they must be educated about this because they will make like... um, Let's say, for instance, uh, a ramp. They will they will make a ramp, and they will they will do something um, that they think will be okay, but it's not because they didn't get someone in a chair actually to say, you know what, come and test this for me. Tell me what you need. Uh, tell me how many space you you want. Um, there was actually just one guy in some uh, Somerset base. Um, he, uh, this, this guy went, he, he created a, a wheelchair room, um, but he sat in a wheelchair going through the room, seeing where he can reach, what he can do. If he's on the bed and he forgot the light, uh, he made a light switch this side with a two way, uh, in the bathroom, for instance, when he, when he gets into the bathroom, the light will go on with the sensor. Um, the door will shift instead of swing open. Um, so that that was the one guy on in in forty five days on the road that I actually uh, appreciated so much because he took the time to put himself in that position to build something, and not not a, not a lot of people do that, unfortunately. So essentially, what you're saying is that. I mean, that sounds like quite an epic journey from Luderitz down to Cape Agulhas. But it doesn't sound yeah. like it was the cycling on the hand cycle, because that obviously no. puts a lot of pressure on your hands and no. blisters and physical discomfort and things like that. But that sounds no. like that wasn't the greatest 
difficulty or the, the greatest no. challenge. The challenge mm. was the places you were staying overnight. For sure, for sure. Uh, you must remember, uh, remember if you are between 40 and, and 50 kilometers on the road each single day from, let's say, 8 o'clock to 6 o'clock at night, you are so tired, you just need uh, a, a good night's rest and you need to shower. Now, some of those places, we actually needed to, to take off the door for me to just get in with a chair. We needed to remove some of the, um, the shower doors so that I can get close uh, enough so that we can put like a plastic chair in so that I can shower. Um, so, yeah, for sure, that, that was uh, mentally the, the road was for me okay. The, uh, it was tough, um, especially the uphills. Um, and, and to prepare yourself mentally to do in 45 days every day the same thing over and over again. But um, if I look at the, at the whole adventure, the, the biggest challenge for me was uh, the places where we stayed, uh, the accommodation, um, and the accessibility to even go to to the toilet, uh, to get to a toilet. Um, that that was a big, big challenge. And, and I think that weighed on, on my mind a lot. And that made the, 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 the whole adventure for me more difficult than it, that we, that it was supposed to be. You, you arrive at a, an accommodation, you are physically and mentally exhausted, and now you have to go through the problem solving of how do I make this work for me? And yes. it's just yes. one next thing on top of that. And realistically, making a temporary solution to an accessibility issue isn't always going to be as easy, as comfortable, or as accessible. So quite yes. an undertaking. Wow, that must have been yeah. quite something. And full, mm -hmm. full kudos to you. How did you plan that trip, though? In, just in terms yeah, of so, you know, investigating that sort of thing ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, the, the year before... Um, we we did a, a, a trip, uh, an adventure where we went from Pretoria to Ludwitz. So I was doing most of the of the driving, and a friend of mine, Eric, um, that they call the, his nickname is uh, Spinnerkop, because he uh, he wanted to uh, look. Our, 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 our overall project was uh, to create awareness for the ODF. Um, organ fund a uh, donor foundation in South Africa and while we were doing this Eric was wearing a, a spider-man spandex suit and <laughs> and he was running a marathon a day uh, and I was doing some of the the driving the backup and then um, I did a project for ventures for Jesus as well doing a hundred miles for Jesus where I took my rugby wheelchair and I did about five case a day. So uh, that was our first adventure. And with our first adventure, the planning that went into it was a little bit, uh, even though we didn't plan any accommodation uh, whatsoever. Uh, we, we always, we are on the road because I, 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 I took like a, um, like a trailer with us. So this trailer had um, sleeping uh, like beds in, uh, it had like a kitchen in. So, uh, in that regard, we were sorted, uh, and we we planned quite well for for that one. Um, but even though we had this this trailer, we only slept in the in the trailer um, maybe five times in the in in forty three days, because the the people on on the road are so excited to see you, and 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 they can see the difference that you are making in in people's lives. That they 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 want you to stay with them, uh, and to to come and stay at their guest guest houses or stay uh, in them uh, with with them uh, at home. So we we only used it for about five nights, um, but that was that was for me nice because you you are you are almost off uh, feeling secure in 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 this whole uh, trailer because you created everything. 
you know exactly how it works and um, you are you're more comfortable with that. The second one uh, that we did where I did the uh, went with a with a hand cycle we we didn't really have a trailer that we can that we can use for that setting up tents and everything and I think that was uh, a little bit more challenging but the the things that we we planned for was things like um, uh, if if you are in, in Namibia um, if you this if you go, let's say, for instance, between um, Aus and Luderitz, it's about 160 kilometers of nothingness. There's absolutely nothing. So there's there's no shops, there's no toilet, there's no nothing. And for that 160 kilometers, is straight as an arrow. If you if you chase your your wife away, you will see her for three days walking still. So <laughs> it is like. <laughs> It's like dead straight. So you must make other plans. So there uh, we had like a, a commode that we that we took with us. Uh, we had like water bottles and um, for maybe for an outside shower and so on. So there was a, a little bit of, of planning uh, going into, into that yard. I'm curious to find out the, the people who you stayed with, on those trips, did you yeah. find that the fact that you stayed with them made them more aware? And as a result of that, were they willing to look at sort of more formal adjustments to their facilities to make them more accessible? No, definitely, definitely. Um, if I if I took uh, take for for example the first trip. Um, with the seven adventures, um, it was in in Neisna. Um When we finished there, I, I needed to to go. To, uh, I, I needed to loo, and they they hadn't. They there was no facilities for me. So um, the owner took me to one of the, the ablution blocks, and and she said, "Okay, I I want to actually cater for you because um, I want." Uh, people, more people with disabilities coming to to Naisna as well. So, how can you help me uh, to set up this bathroom? So, um, I, I've I've helped her with with a bathroom, and what was so nice for me about three weeks after that, when I when I when I came home, she emailed me pictures of the bathroom, totally totally. Um, accessible for people in uh, in chairs and with the disability so that that already is for me uh, it, it it gives me a, a warm heart to know that um, even if I if, if I'm on the road and I'm doing this stuff and and uh, meeting with people and um, getting them actually to to see how things work I'm making it easier for the guys coming after me because then we can we can speak to people and they are more than willing to listen. Uh, most people are so warm and welcoming and willing to make a change. They don't really they they just don't have the info. And I think if if more people can can speak up instead of keeping quiet, um, because I've, I'm 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 thinking of uh, the fishing for example. Um, I'm doing. Uh, for Gauteng North, um, I'm fishing in the, in the in the SA Championship, um, and with a with a rugby, uh, uh, I've done rugby wheelchair for Northwest as well in the in the SAs. And on the on the functions, there will be like steps, and there's no toilet, and and but it's a disabled tournament, and everyone sits there with a with their mouth full of teeth, and they don't speak about anything, and. And everyone that's organizing is thinking that this is the, the best thing ever until I'm, I'm, I'm starting to, to speak up. And I, and I tell them, okay, you want me to get into the hall? I don't have my ramps here. So how do you suppose I get into here? Oh, we didn't think about that. So that was the, the first year's essays. The second year's essays, we got... Uh, the guys that organized got a, a place that was like flat, 
There's no steps. There was actually a, a, a wheelchair toilet, everything. But it happened because I spoke up about it. And I think um, a lot of people with, with disabilities are guilty of this, of not speaking out and not uh, um, actually speaking to people and telling them what your needs are. Because they, they, most of those people don't know your needs because they are not, not in that position. So you, you must actually speak up. You must speak up and you must, you must tell and try and educate people and, uh, and try and help them to better the, the facilities and better the lives for people coming afterwards. I think communication and the, the need for communication is so important. And I think also the, the ability to ask for help when it's needed. I think yeah. those are, are, are things yeah. that we, we do struggle with. Norman, yeah. I want to ask if people want to find out more, if they want to support some of the work that you're doing, how can they find you? How can they contact you? Um, they, can, they can go to Ventures for Jesus' website. It's uh, www.ventures and then the number for jesus.org.za. Uh, um, and then Ventures for Jesus uh, has got a, a Facebook page as well. Um, and then I have a, a, a company that, um, that sells and, and help people with, with wheelchairs as well. And that is Dioactive Mobility. And uh, you can find that uh, Dioactive Mobility at www.dioactivemobility.co.za. Uh, or they can just go to uh, my Facebook page, Normi Eckhart, or Instagram, Normi Eckhart, um, and they will find me there as well. That's great. Thank you. And we will link to those in the podcast show notes as well. As a yeah. final question, I was skimming through your Facebook profile, and I saw one of your recent posts mentioned something about a trip that you're hoping to take to Belgium in November this yeah. year. Do you want to tell us very quickly about that particular trip that you're wanting to take? Yeah. So um, I, 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 I love sports. So I've done the, 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 the rugby wheelchair. Uh, I've done the, the fishing. And then I started to playing darts. So um, in last, in 2019, September, uh, I went to, to the SAs, uh, with for Disabled Darts, the, the SADA Championship. And there I, I was picked uh, to go uh, for, for the SA team to represent South Africa at the World Cup. Um, it was supposed to be um, this year in um, end of uh, April, beginning March. Um, but due, uh, due to, to COVID, they actually um, they cancelled or they... They had it later in the year, I think September round or so. But we, as a, as a team, decided that there's a, another world trophy uh, that's been held in Belgium in November. So um, we will be representing South Africa um, as, the, as, a, um, as a darts team. They, uh, a darts team will consist of two people in a wheelchair and two standing uh, disabled people with maybe like an amputee. Um, yeah, so, so that's the four people and we have two of those teams and then we have a, a coach and a manager. So we are 10 people uh, trying to, to get the funds together because it's quite expensive. Um, and you know, like with, with any um, disabled sports, there's, there's no funding from government. So we actually have to do fundraising and sell tickets and do anything that we can just to, to get the funds together to, to go to Belgium. But I'm so very excited about this. Um, this will be my, my second uh, country overseas. I've been uh, in, in Namibia. I've been in Botswana for fishing. I've been in Zimbabwe and I've been diving in Mozambique. Uh, but, and, and I've been to China. Uh, on business, but this will be my my first trip um, to to Europe, and I'm super super excited about that. Oh, that sounds exciting! And if anyone would like to try and support that initiative, 
and support the team, how can they find out more information about that? Yeah, that that will be that will be awesome if they can. Um, we have a, we have a letter uh, from from our, our, our coaches and from uh, the management uh, from the Sada side, as uh, it's South African team. So they could they can uh, get hold of of me um, on my by uh, um, Facebook page, Normi Akkar. Uh, we can put them if there's any big companies out there who wants to to sponsor our team. Um, then I can put you in contact with our, our manager and uh, he can uh, actually tell you how you can get involved with uh, with our team, sponsoring maybe something because we have a breakdown of everything. We have a breakdown of the flights. We have a breakdown of hotel accommodation. So if any, anyone wants to get involved in one of those uh, aspects, sponsoring the team, even if it's like uh, maybe clothes or something, I would appreciate it so, so much. And they can get all of me on my, my Facebook page, yes. That's great. Well, hopefully we will put the word out and see how we can support your, the team. Normie, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for chatting to us on A Different Way of Travelling today. It's been really fascinating listening to some of the experiences you've had, some of the adventures that you've done, and all in a good cause. So thank you so much. It's been really great to chat to you. Huge thanks to Normie Eckert for being willing to go into more detail about how he adapted the adventures he took to make them more accessible. I found that a fascinating interview. Our travel quote for this episode comes from the ancient Roman philosopher Seneca, who said, Travel and change of place imparts new vigor to the mind. That's it from me, your host, Lois Strachan. And all I can say is thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. That's it from us for this time. You can find Accessible South Africa on the web at AccessibleSouthAfrica.co.za on Facebook and Instagram at Accessible South Africa and on Twitter at Accessible SA. You can also email us at podcast at AccessibleSouthAfrica.co.za Editing by Crate Strachan using Hinderberg software. Our theme music is by Lu Chil Chow based on a motive by Lois Strachan. Credits read by Musa Izulu. Thank you for joining us on A Different Way of Traveling. We'll see you next time. Until then, happy travels.